Chapter Three of Little Pilgrimages Among the Women Who Have Written Famous Books. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Pilgrimages Among the Women Who Have Written Famous Books by Edward Francis Harkins. Chapter Three Sarah Orne Jewett. Once upon a time, some critic found a resemblance between Miss Jewett and one of the old Flemish painters. Found a resemblance between her stories and the groups of Jan van Eyck or Roger van der Weyden. He was a discerning critic, for her stories and the old master's pictures are alike in many respects. They have a reality that is quite photographic, and yet they suggest a strong imagination. Their purity is remarkable and yet their atmosphere is very earthly. Better still, however, it seems to us, it would be to say that there is a strong resemblance between Miss Jewett and Jean-Francois Millet. They both have dignified the meek and the lowly. They both have exhibited the tenderest sympathy with the plain sons of Adam and Eve that live far from the madding crowd. They both have done this noble and ennobling work enthusiastically yet unaffectedly, modestly but ah how artistically they that take pleasure in the angelus will take pleasure also in deephaven millet too knew his characters intimately he had struggled and suffered like them from such painful strenuousness miss jewett fortunately has been able to keep aloof for barbizon is not like south berwick and the french peasants would say that the country folk of maine lived royally but we have heard it said that Miss Jewett is like her books, and that in ten minutes she unconsciously tells you how she writes them. Kate Sanborn once essayed a description of her friend and contemporary, in which she observed, I feel a certain shrinking from attempting a personal sketch of this gifted woman, whom we all love for her absolutely perfect pictures of New England life anyone who essays the description must feel as Kate Sanborn felt and yet in such a case a sketch poorly or inadequately done is better than no sketch at all the lesson will be present if not the eloquence the old flemish painters made portraits of themselves but as yet we hardly need say miss jewett has given us no sketch of herself sarah orne jewett was born at south berwick maine on september third eighteen forty nine her father was dr theodore herman jewett a physician of no small renown her mother was the daughter of dr perry of exeter another physician well known in central new england during the middle of the last century the house in which she was born is still standing although it was built far back in the eighteenth century and it still excites the author's warmest affection i was born here she said as she stood in its panelled hall a few years ago and i hope to die here leaving the lilac bushes still green and growing and all the chairs in their places you will meet glimpses of miss jewett's father in a country doctor but the nearest and clearest glimpse is in his daughter's personal sketch of him my father had inherited from his father an amazing knowledge of human nature and from his mother's french ancestry that peculiarly french trait called gaieté de coeur through all the heavy responsibilities and anxieties of his busy professional life, this kept him young at heart and cheerful. 
his visits to his patients were often made delightful and refreshing to them by his kind heart and the charm of his personality i knew many of the patients whom he used to visit in lonely inland farms or on the sea-coast in york and wells i used to follow him about silently like an undemanding little dog content to follow at his heels i had no consciousness of watching or listening or indeed of any special interest in the country interiors in fact when the time came that my own world of imagination was more real to me than any other i was sometimes perplexed at my father's directing my attention to certain points of interest in the characters or surroundings of our acquaintances i cannot help believing that he recognized long before i did myself in what direction the current of purpose in my life was setting now as i write my sketches of country life i remember again and again the wise things he said and the sights he made me see he was impatient only with affectation and insincerity miss jewett was a delicate child and consequently was encouraged by her father to spend much of her time outdoors and outdoors she formed her extraordinarily intimate acquaintance with nature and with the inhabitants of the agamenticus region she played even more eagerly than did the other children of the town but when she went to school she readily outstripped her classmates it is said that at the academy she found verse easy and prose difficult but such conditions are not unusual youth takes naturally to rhymes and to games once someone inquired of the author of a country doctor when the literary bent took possession of her i can scarcely say anything about that she answered for i began to write so early but my first serious encouragement was the acceptance of a short story by the atlantic monthly when i was between nineteen and twenty years old that story was mr bruce published in december eighteen sixty nine we believe that miss jewett was about fourteen when she wrote lucy garron's lovers between that age and the age when she was welcomed to the atlantic monthly she published little sketches in young folks and in the riverside her first great popular success was deephaven which appeared in eighteen seventy seven popular success however hardly expresses the reception of deephaven artistic success might be a fitter expression the fact is miss jewett's works are not popular as miss johnston's say are popular james russell lowell used the right words when shortly before his death he wrote to the london publishers of the new england author's books i am very glad to hear that miss jewett's delightful stories are to be reprinted in england nothing more pleasingly characteristic of rural life in new england has been written and they have long been valued by the judicious here the same might be said to-day they have long been valued by the judicious here no writer has a more devoted more admiring public than the bostonian for we may call her a bostonian notwithstanding her loyalty to barrack or barrack as the natives say during the last quarter of a century she has been the almost inseparable companion of mrs james t fields who loves boston no less than the judicious bostonians love and respect her back in eighteen eighty two the serene and noble whittier addressed a sonnet to them as they set sail for europe a sonnet interesting to quote outbound your bark awaits you were i one whose prayer availeth much my wish would be 
your favoring trade wind and consenting sea by sail or steed was never love outrun and here or there love follows her in whom all graces and sweet charities unite the old greek beauty set in holier light and her for whom new england's byways bloom who walks among us welcome as the spring calling up blossoms where her light feet stray god keep you both make beautiful your way comfort console and bless and safely bring ere yet i wake upon a vaster sea the unreturning voyage my friends to me whittier was accustomed to attend friends meetings in berwick and it was in the old town that he typical of the old new england literary traditions and miss jewett the type of the newer made each other's acquaintance the sweet poet was greatly pleased by deephaven and he heartily interested himself in its writer's progress until he died miss jewett divides her time between boston berwick and manchester by the sea the same manchester that prompted dr holmes to write beverly by the depot the larger part of her literary work is done in the old main settlement to whose name by the way no south was prefixed originally plain barrack it was known as in the lively picturesque days when bronze-faced sailors rolled barrels of rum up and boxes of tobacco and stranger wares down the north atlantic wharves from one who visited her in maine a few years ago we gather this description of the jewett homestead it seems as if one had no right to say so much about a house which is a home and yet new england has few like this and it is a part of her brave history there are few such broad high halls arched and panelled few such wide stairways with carved and polished railings few such quaint gilded mirrors and antique portraits and last-century bedsteads with white canopies behind the house is a big old-fashioned garden and every room is sweet with posies there is a stable too for miss jewett loves her horses and drives almost daily over the green hills of the beautiful coast of maine she is an oarswoman as well and her boat knows every reach of the river and all its quiet sunlit groves miss jewett's den is the most delightful i have ever seen it is in the upper hall with a window looking down upon a tree-shaded village street a desk strewn with papers is on one side and on the other a case of books and a table pictures flowers and books are everywhere the room set apart for the library is one of the four great square ones downstairs but the books overflow it they lie upon the sofas and have shelves in the bedrooms it is the house of a woman who studies scott particularly the busier i get she said the more time i make to read the waverley novels mention of the den brings us up to miss jewett's method of working she has moods she does not make writing a set daily task with so many pages to be done at a certain hour as a haverstraw laborer would have so many bricks we have heard it said that sometimes her day's work amounts to eight or ten thousand words that indeed would be a prodigious effort marion crawford is one of the swiftest writers we ever heard of and his ordinary limit is six thousand words a day possibly the truth about miss jewett's industry has been exaggerated more reasonable is the statement that while engaged on a novel she pens from two to four thousand words a day 
between books she enjoys periods of physical recreation and literary construction of your own books which do you like best miss jewett was once asked they're a pretty large family now and she smiled there are always personal reasons you know and associations that may influence one's judgment i don't think i have a favorite in some ways i like a country doctor best and yet i believe a marsh island is a better story her latest work a tory lover was concluded in the atlantic monthly last august two months after bowdoin college had bestowed upon her the degree of doctor of letters i have only written she said to a literary brother a few years ago about what i knew and felt in giving any idea of the influences which have shaped my literary life i must go back to the surroundings of my childhood and to those friends who first taught me to observe and to know the deep pleasures of simple things and to be interested in simple and humble lives i was born in an old colonial house in south berwick which was built about seventeen fifty my grandfather had been a sea captain but retired early and engaged more or less in the flourishing shipping trade of that time this business in all its branches was still in existence in my early childhood and so i came into contact not only with the farming and upcountry people but with sailors and shipmasters and lumbermen as well i used to linger about the country stores and listen to the shrewd and often witty country talk and i delighted in hearing of the ships which came to port and in seeing the sea-tanned captains who sometimes dined with my grandfather and talked of their voyages and bargains at the barbados and havana and so i came to know directly a good deal about a fashion of life which is now almost entirely a thing of the past in new england art you know she said to the same man as they sat discussing her yankee and irish american sketches always begins with a recognition of the grotesque and unusual in life the mere superficial aspects of character and habit all literature in the beginning is in relation to the lower forms of pictorial art it views life from the pictorial side almost exclusively as art goes higher it recognizes facts and then the pathetic and the ludicrous the distinction of modern literature is the evocation of sympathy plato said the best thing that can be done for the people of a state is to make them acquainted with each other and that is what i conceive to be the business of a story writer miss jewett is rather tall and perfectly dignified but her dignity is warmed by her uncommon graciousness and by the charming brightness of her face as her father had surely she also has this true french gaieté de coeur it should by this time be hardly necessary to say that flashes of wit and wisdom characterize her conversation and that in short she is one of the rarest ornaments of the most cultured circle of boston society End of chapter three